The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Maester Jamie of the White Owl, whose words are, we read and we know things. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into chapter 18, Catelyn 4 of A Game of Thrones. And uh, we are into Darren the First mm-hmm. uh, in our World of Ice and Fire book today. Yeah, Sir Ezra, uh, real quick, I guess I'll just say uh, real excited for today. Yeah, it's a big day for you. It is a big day, because uh, it's my name day. It is your name day. Yeah, I believe I'm, I, uh, uh, was it 3 and 10? No, that's going to be 13. I don't know. I'm 30. It's my 30th name day. It's your 30th name day, and, um, you know, it's... I'm old. How are you feeling? I feel old. You know, I, t- uh, I officially turned 30 at, like, 4 p.m. Yeah. today. That's, you know, I, I go off of when I was actually born via the birth certificate. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. It was like 3.50. I was like, man, I'm feeling great. Four o'clock rolls around. God, suddenly I feel tired. Yep. I feel like my hair is falling out. I can barely get you to do the show. I know. It's crazy. It's not animated. Uh, Maybe it's because we were um, watching some epic battles this morning. Yeah, we were, actually. We've been watching the World Cup. Um, So I know some of you out there watch a little... A little soccer, a little little battle uh, go down. We had, uh, let's see, we had the Kingdom of uh, Portugal versus Uruguay on um, Saturday, which I got a chance to watch, and that was pretty. That was a pretty good, pretty good game. Um, Ronaldo, he's out, he's done. Ronaldo's done. And then today we got to watch two of probably the best matches in World Cup history, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had Russia. Um, who was Russia playing today? They were playing Spain. Spain. Yeah, Spain. knocked them out. Knocked Spain out. It was. It went to um, you know a shootout at the end, extra time, the whole nine yards. It was radical and yeah. super big underdogs. Um, the next game was Croatia. Um, yeah, Croatia and and Denmark. Yeah, I was rooting for Denmark. Yeah, and that also went into a shootout. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. I know. Yeah. Good times. I don't so. really understand soccer or football as they call it over there. Um, so I had to ask Sir Ezra a lot of questions. Like, so what? Are the, what's the, how's this work? Yeah, wh- why can't they use their, their hands? Yeah, know? why can't they use their hands? When they say football, I thought I'm thinking I'm thinking like Peyton Manning throwing touchdown passes. Right. I yeah. hear football, that's what I think. Yeah, Matt was like, do they do they snap the ball to each other? Like, yeah, like, like what is it? let's go out here. Who's offsides? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Is that a, uh, a pass yeah. interference? Like, I don't know. So it was great. It was great. So that's our 
Uh, we are into small council now, but I, do, I wanted to mention, too, we're thinking about uh, supporting a, uh, a a Premier League team. We don't know which team yet. Um, yes, true. We would like some feedback on if there's any good team out there that we should support. I used to be into soccer back in the day. I cannot say which team I used to support because I think I, I w- we would lose listeners. It's probably um, true. So just wanted to yeah. get a little feedback. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're inv- let us know because we know we have a lot of uh, listeners from England. Uh, uh-huh. so let us know which teams we should root for, which teams we shouldn't yeah. uh, root for. I know it's all very um, it's heated over there, localized over there. Yeah, here we have the Columbus Crew MLS team. Yeah, uh, but I think just, they're leaving Columbus. So yeah, it's and a bummer. So when I moved out to Portland, they have the Portland Timbers. They are kind of cool. So yeah, but anyways, just a little. You know, with the World Cup's happening, it's just kind of cool. You know, yeah. so fun to kind of watch, and we'll, we'll we'll keep watching. I feel like was there other something else we wanted to mention besides your yeah, name day World Cup? I think we're good, right? Anything else? Oh yeah, just something kind of small. I mean, well, yeah. So this is actually some show news, I guess. Okay. Um, so I saw this, uh, the Nerdist kind of mentioned it and, uh, some other people mentioned it is, um, Gurr had kind of an interview. Remember, uh, we talked about a couple of weeks, his buddy, um, like Gardner. Yeah. Died, his writing buddy. Or this, edit, died, yeah. Yeah. Editor. Editing buddy. And, uh, he, he, I guess he was kind of interviewed about it and he just said, he, he was talking, kind of mentioned winds of winter, but it, the, what, what he specifically said about it seemed kind of odd. Uh, here, uh, here we go here. While paying tribute to the great Gardner uh, Dozis earlier this month, the author implied on the blog that a new book in the Song of Ice and Fires series is in the editing stage. Um, here we go. Uh, Martin, who's... Uh, sorry, I have it pulled up here. Um, he wrote, As much as I enjoyed working with Gardner, I did not have the time. Gardner worked on the Book of Swords mm-hmm. and the Book of Magic, mm-hmm. which is the one that's coming out this year, and does actually feature a Gurr writing but it's not a game of thrones novella yeah. it's something else right okay. um but so it's the follow-up book to that book of swords but it just doesn't have a game of thrones or song of ice and fire thing um anyway so in talking about that book helping him out in that as much as i enjoyed working with gardner i did not have the time winds of winter was late and getting later and the editing had taken more of my time and energy than i thought it would um so then he goes on to talk about the book of swords and all that other stuff he just says he doesn't have the time all this kind of stuff but specifically it's the way it's what he says about it now sir ezra is a uh, english teacher so there's a as far as i know sir ezra there's a big difference between present tense and past tense is that is that yeah, correct yeah that'd be, uh, that'd be right yeah. <laughs> okay I just uh yeah he says and uh, and and i and i quote here um winds of winter was late and getting late, and the editing had taken more of my time than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't say that he is right currently. He doesn't say, oh, "I'm well. I'm trying to finish Winds of Winter right now." Yeah, it sounds like it's in uh, the editing stage. Yeah, you know, sounds like he's been. Now that's it's it's one thing. Is he going back through himself and his first sort of like right rough draft yeah, per, you know just perusing it or whatever and then sending it on or is it legitimately been sent got some feedback and working through the editing mm-hmm. process yeah uh, that mean that'd be great yeah. uh that would mean that it's coming i would if, if that's the case then maybe 2019 you know you get it i think the we year. might get wins of winter with the show i've been saying that for the past you know two years we'll see has been saying we're gonna see it you know yeah every so often but i did the math um the other day and I said well what if what if Gert wrote at least one chapter a month I think that's kind of fair and I did the math and Dance of Dragons came out around 2011 well okay if he if dance if it's around the same size as Dance of Dragons that'd be around 80 chapters well 80 months ends up being close to like 
you know, about seven years. And so it would be roughly about where we're at now. Um, there are a lot of people theorizing, and they've been theorizing about this for a while, is that maybe Gurr actually has Winds finished. Mm-hmm. But yep. he wants to release Winds of Winter and then A Dream of Spring, like, pretty close to each other. So it's not like 10 years apart. So you can just yeah. get the yeah. ending. And you and I have talked about this before, is what I believe is that Winds is the harder book to write because you're just set, you have to set every piece up and then you know how it's going to end. So it's just kind of like if you think about a Christmas present, you're wrapping it. You want that bow to be perfect. So all you got to do is just pull the string and it all comes apart beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that it I, I hadn't heard that theory until you, you know, mentioned that. Um, I, I think it is he, he does have to kind of know the end game and he does have to set up all the pieces. And you're right. It does. Have to, it is probably one of the harder, you know, books to write. People heads are going to roll in this one. Yeah. Right. You know, Um so how does that all work out? How does it all come together? You know, you have merging um, point of view characters and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot more difficult to, you know, write and decide who's going to do what. But yeah, I actually kind of believe though that wins will come out and will and we we'll, maybe it won't be as long um, a time gap, but then there'll be a decent amount of time for um, the second book right. actually. So, but who knows? Because actually, it's kind of like you said, it is on average. I mean, if you look at the, the the amount of uh, content pages chapters all that kind of stuff you know and, and what it took between feast and you know dance right. uh, it it's comparable yep so you know we, we could see that again for you know um, the last and final book so yeah and you know the events we talked about this uh, quickly too just one last thing here we talked about it and we've talked about this before is like the dragon pit scene if it happens the same way it happens in the book that's going to be um, whose POV is it going to be? But at the same time, well, that's one POV chapter. So you, you, it's not like you're then writing a POV for all these different characters because it's one scene. You yeah. know, it should yeah. get it should get easier because now all the characters are together. Right. Yep. For sure. So. Um, okay. Yeah. Anything else for Small Council? Uh, no, that's about it. We've talked about it before. They're kind of finishing up with the filming. Yeah. Had the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right, uh, time to uh, jump in here to the to the Maester's study. Uh, I'm going to start off this week with just sort of an overview. It's a short one, uh, Sir yeah, Matt, really and, short. and so I think um, Sir Matt's got a few highlighted passages he's going to read through, but I will recap for us real, real quickly and try to get us into this. Um, last week, we talked about the Dance of Dragons. Dance of Dragons, Aegon Third. Yeah, Aegon Third. Um, so, you know, t- and talking about the Dance of Dragons and Aegon um, the Third, you'd have to talk about Rhaenyra um, Targaryen, you know, who was Viserys. Um, so before the Dance of Dragons, to set all this up, you had Viserys the uh, First, who had a decent, you know, um, rule and reign. Um, he names Rhaenyra Targaryen his heir. Big problem, the Hightowers. Allison Hightower is super not okay with that. And so uh, upon Viserys' death... We, as we mentioned before, um, she crowns her son Aegon Targaryen the second. Big deal. Greens versus the Blacks, you know, and whatnot. Um, and we, we talked about Craig and Stark coming down from, from from the north at the end of all of that. Lots of Targaryens die. Lots of dragons die. You have the we, we talked about the Hour of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. I think last week, and just sort of all the the justice and the things that were the sentencing and mm-hmm. you know people going to the wall and 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 uh, and whatnot. Aegon Targaryen the second. Uh, I'm sorry, Aegon, a- yeah, the, the, the second was uh, poisoned. He was killed, yeah. you know, uh, at the end of that. And I think um, that was sort of a, a big deal. And so eventually, Rhaenyra Targaryen's son, uh, Aegon the third, actually ends up uh, becoming, 
you know, King Cragen comes down, names him, um, crowns him, and uh, to kind of heal the blacks and the greens, you know, he uh, marries uh, Aegon Targaryen's sister. So, you know, there's all of that. Um, let's see. He marries, oh yeah, Jahera Targaryen is her name. So, um, and then, so with, with Jahera Targaryen, he didn't have any kids. So he has no mm-hmm. kids with her. The realm is kind of healed. We said this uh, last week again too. The dragons die out. You yep. know, it was, it's kind of a uh, not a lot happens type of reign. Right. But the Targaryens are back in power and the last three dragons die. Yeah. So I think he's called like the dragon's bane, mm-hmm. you yep. know. So, um, yeah, Aegon the Third, he's, He's just kind of like a gloomy, depressed yeah. kind of a guy. You right. know, think like somebody real lethargic, me on a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, Turning I mean, 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just like, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes Sir Ezra and I joke, like, should we even podcast today? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is where Sir Matt is. He is really, those early hours of his 30s, he is really struggling, yeah. guys. Guys, yeah, it's tough. Oh, man. Um, so, anyways, um, he uh, with with ja, with Jahera, you know, his first wife, she dies. They have no kids. Um, second wife, Daenerys Valerian, right? So we've been hearing the name Valerian, right, mm-hmm. come up quite a bit. They're kind of a oh, an offshoot, you know, cadet house of of the Targaryens, Targaryens you know, uh, type of thing. Now they actually have a lot of kids. So although he was this dragon's bane, a- a- Aegon the Third, he um, he does get it together and has a few kids, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he does his duty. And he has two boys. He has Darren and Balon, um, who actually both become king, which we're going to talk about Darren, uh, the first today. And interesting point here. We don't. Sometimes we talk about the daughters, sometimes we don't. Um, this week we are going to talk about the daughters just a little bit. He has um, three daughters who actually become um, the... They're, they're the three Targaryens that were kept in the Maiden Vault mm-hmm. by, by by Darren's brother. So uh, we have Darren, uh, Balon, and then he has uh, his three daughters are Dana Targaryen, Elena Targaryen, and Reyna Targaryen. So those are the three sisters that are actually kept in the Maiden Vault, and we will refer back to them because they're actually a big deal. Uh, I'll go ahead and mention right now, I think, hmm... It was Dana Targaryen who actually ends up uh, hooking up with Aegon the Fourth and having mm-hmm. Damon. We've mentioned Damon Blackfire a lot. That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. So, so Dana uh, Targaryen. So the sister uh, to our to the guy we're talking about today, Darren mm-hmm. the First. Um, his sister Dana, once she gets out of the Maiden Vault, ends up hooking up with another, you know, her cousin Aegon yeah. and somebody and somebody else. Real quick, we're gonna we're gonna mention and Sir Ezra and I got confused and we had to go look around. Is Viserys the second? Yep. So they say Prince Viserys, and we're like, wait, who is this Viserys? Well, Viserys II was yep. Aegon III's brother. He was his right. hand of the king. And um, he ends up becoming king later, as yep. we'll get to, because Darren and then the following king, Baylor, who Have, marries uh, Dana, uh, Dana? Dana Targaryen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he ends up, they, both of them have really short reigns. And so then Viserys the second, it's almost like the the brother line ends up taking over. Yes, yeah. So yeah, it's one of the rare times where we we had talked a lot of time about the succession and how it doesn't go to the female, 
you know, um, since Jaharis, they've established, right. you know, that it should pass to the male heir. Well, and, and what happens here, um, just to kind of summarize, we'll talk about Darren in just yeah. a second, but Darren has no kids, Balon has no kids, and, and then they actually consider, at one point, they, there are three um, daughters left. And mm-hmm. so they go to the first, the eldest daughter, which is um, Reyna Targaryen, and she is considered for the throne. But it was her uncle Viserys, yeah, um, the 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 second who who actually the the realm remembers the last time there was like a queen trying to do anything, right. and that that resulted in the Dance of Dragons. So there's a bad taste in the mouth there, and they don't want that to happen. And you know, it's it's this whole big you know deal. So so since there are no sons left, time to move on to the brother. And so yeah. they move on to Viserys, um, mm-hmm. the second. But it was confusing, so we'll, we'll try to keep all that in order as, as we go you know, forward. So, But uh, you got a couple passages. We just want to start off. We're, we're talking about Darren the first today. Yep. Here we go. When Aegon III died in the 26th year of his reign, 157 years after the Conqueror was crowned, he left behind two sons and three daughters. The eldest of his sons, Darren, was a mere boy of 14 years when he assumed the throne, perhaps because Darren's charm and genius, or perhaps of his memory of what transpired during the regency of Darren's father, Prince Viserys, chose not to insist... Uh, on a regency while the young king was in his minority. Instead, Viserys continued to serve as Hand of the King while Darren uh, ruled ably and capably. There's a quick inter- interjection here. So the reason, you know, we talked about Viserys um, and, and his role, that, that was the line that we read, and we're like, who is mm-hmm. Viserys? Yeah. Well, King Aegon III, who is Darren's father, mm-hmm. you know, when he becomes, we mentioned, how many of those, 14 regents or something? Yeah. You know, so, like, he had all this issue with, like, regent after regent. The regents were scheming against one another. They were fighting. You know, there was some infighting and stuff going there on there. sickness. And yeah. yeah. And, and so Viserys is, is uh, Aegon III's younger brother. Mm-hmm. And so once he gets old enough, he becomes Hand of the King. And he realized, he learned from his, his brother that that was a terrible thing for his brother to go through. It kind of divided caused a little more tension in the realm that, than what we wanted. And so when Aegon III's son, Darren, uh, becomes, you know, he's 14 and mm-hmm. he's still kind of, you know, in his youth, uh, he just decides to rule as Hand of the King instead of, instead of declaring like a, you know, a regent or something. Mm-hmm. So to kind of spare, you know, Darren. Yeah. You know, all, all of that stuff, all that well. So, uh, all right, well, uh, here we go. Uh, well, I'll just say this really quick. When it comes to King uh, Darren, his really one big achievement is the uh, he's he's the one who finally brings Dorne into the realm, which they reference in the books every now and then and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. there's another passage here. Few foresaw that Darren, the first of his name, would cover himself in glory, as did his ancestor Aegon the Conqueror, whose crown he wore. So there we go again. Yep. The going back to that that crown. These crowns kind of go. Um, back and forth. Yet that glory turned to ashes almost as swiftly. A youth of rare brilliance and forcefulness, Darren at first met resistance from his uncle, his counselors, and many great lords when he first proposed to complete the conquest by bringing Dorne into the realm at last. His lords reminded him that unlike the Conqueror and his sisters, he had no more dragons fit for war. To this, Darren famously responded, You have one dragon, he stands before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, actually... Um, Darren Targaryen the first reminds me of someone in our series. He's called uh, he, Darren is called the young dragon. Yeah, and we have the young wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the Song of Ice and Fire series that we're reading, and they're both very calculating, very good, um, like battle commanders. Both around the same age. I mean, around the same age. Yeah. Um, when 
lots of victories and you know, in a very short amount of time, very uh, renowned, and mm-hmm. and their ending is also very similar as well. The way in which that they're yeah. that they're killed, uh, yeah. it's not it's not a marriage, but you know it, it is with the facade or the you know um, like a like a peace banner you right. know type of situation. So we'll get to that, but. Mm-hmm. There's just an interesting parallel, right? You know, oh, absolutely. The young yeah. wolf is killed at, at at the red wedding, where he's taken, you know, um, drink and 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 food and and stuff, and so he should be under that that lord's protection, mm-hmm. but he's not. Yeah. So we'll see the same thing happens with Darren. Yeah, and so uh, just another passage here. Uh, Darren the first amply proved his prowess on the field of Dorne, with uh, which for hundred years had defied the Reach, the Stormlands, and even the dragons of House Targaryen. Darren divided his host into three forces: one led by Lord Tyrell, who came down from the Prince's Pass at the western end of the Red Mountains of Dorne, and one led the King's, uh, one led by the King's cousin and masters of ships, uh, Alan Valerian, traveling by sea, and one led by the King himself, marching down the treacherous pass called the Bone Way. Um, so really it seems mm-hmm. like what everyone else had tried to do. We, you know, we had, um, Rainey's Targaryen who just flew out down on her dragon and right. they all scattered back into the mountains and she didn't take a host of army. She didn't take mm-hmm. a host army host with her. She just took her dragon down and basically says, here's my dragon. Right. Yeah. And they said, we're never going to bow. We're never going to bend. Yep. Um, the whole thing. And every time else they try to do that, what happens is that the Dornish just hide, go hide their mountains and mm-hmm. try and fight us on our terrain. Yeah. And so, um, cause what Darren decides to do is, well, this, we're going to go into the mountains. We're going to, exactly. instead of, instead of marching one big army in and have you guys all leave and maybe come attack us. Ambushes you know, from the side. Ambush, guerrilla tactics. Yep. I'm just going to split my army into three forces and march, you know. Yeah, it talks about the, uh, the, the goat path, the treacherous goat paths and the, mm-hmm. and the mountain passes that, that uh, I, I believe Aegon would not take. Uh, what you know, even even hit the force that the king Darren is leading. You know, they scamper up into the mountains, mm. and they kind of it's a large force, but they move in such a way that they can't be flanked. Mm-hmm. You know, so so down the bone way, they kind of spread out. It's like a wider force moving forward, so they can cover more ground. They scout the area, I think, you know, type of situation, and 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 that way they can work through um, the bone way and not not be you know, uh, bottlenecked into something because Ors Baratheon, which I think is one of the passages that you might read. Um, when he came down the bone way, they get, you remember they, they get cut off. So they get kind of, um, they get, they get cut off in front. And then when they try to retreat, the bone way was so not Mm -hmm. not narrow, but it was set up in such a way that, um, that they were cut off in the back too. And they didn't have forces up on either side of the passageway to kind of help, you know, them being, um, flanked and really encircled. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Within a year, the invaders were at the gates of Sunspear and battling their way through uh, the so-called Shadow City. In 158 AC, the Prince of Dorne and two score of the most powerful Dornish lords bent their knees to Darren at the submission of Sunspear. The young dragon had accomplished what Aegon the Conqueror never had. There were rebels still in the deserts and mountains, men swiftly branded as outlaws, but there were few uh, in numbers to begin with. So, essentially, what happens then is that these... He's got Dorne, and Dorne is now into the realm where it stays, mm-hmm. yep. um, into the realm. But he decides he wants to go start dealing with these rebels, um, and so yep. he spent, he so he starts kind of sending smaller groups out, and um, even um, Lord Tyrell, yep, is killed. Yeah, yeah, he's actually um, he stays in Dorne for just a little while yeah. to kind of see. I think you know 
the difference between he and Aegon, right? Aegon goes there, they do their thing, and then they fly out. Yeah. You know, and although they left other people in charge, they themselves did not really stay for a long right. amount of time. And Darren actually does stay a little bit longer to kind of put down some of the rebellions and things like that. And it doesn't say this, but I can't imagine that that like House Martell and different houses were not you know, secretly supporting these rebellions. Right. You know, they're going to bend the knee, um, but then they're okay with the rebellions that are going on. You know what I mean? Right. That's sort of uh, just their way of survival and stuff. But uh, I think you're getting to this part, but he's, uh, while he's down there trying to uh, eliminate the rebels, he's at an assassination attempt comes mm-hmm. upon him and, and they actually try to shoot him with a, a poisonous arrow and his cousin, Prince Aemon Targaryen, mm-hmm. the Dragon Knight, actually intercepts that arrow, takes it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, well, I guess, you know, he's, has, he, he's sent back to King's Landing, I believe, right. you know, to, to recover and things like that. So, um, yeah. And then after a while, I believe um, the king leaves as well. Mm-hmm. Right? He goes back to King's Landing, too. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah. Um, but the. Uh, but the true so then there's just like little minor rebellions and they're just doing small things like burning camps and you know just stuff like that but right. um but the true rebellion began when lord tyrell and his uh, train traveled to sandstone um while his lordship was murdered in a bed of scorpions mm-hmm. yep. uh, as word spread of his demise open rebellion swept dorne from one end to the other in 160 ac the young dragon himself was forced to return to dorne to put down the rebels he won several small victories as he fought through the bone way while lord alan oakenfist descended once again upon the Planky Town and the Greenblood. Apparently broken in 161 AC, the Dornishmen agreed to meet to renew their fealty and discuss terms, but it was treachery and murder they plotted, not peace. In a bloody betrayal, the Dornish attacked the young uh, dragon and his... Uh, what is that word? Uh, you don't have it in front of you. So. No, I don't, yeah. Uh, and, uh, they would attack him beneath a peace banner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three knights uh, of the King's Guard were slain, uh, were slain, attempting to protect the king. A fourth, to his eternal shame, threw down his sword and yielded. Doesn't mm-hmm. say who that was. Yeah. But, uh, Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight was wounded and captured, but not before cutting down two of the betrayers. The young dragon himself died with black fire in his hand, surrounded by a dozen enemies. King Darren the First reign was thus four short years in length. His ambition had proved too great. Glory may be everlasting, yet it is fleeting as well. Soon forgotten in the aftermath of even the most famous of victories, if they lead to greater disasters. Yeah. So my uh, question for you: It when um, when when uh, Aemon Targaryen, the Dragon Knight, he's part of the Kingsguard, right? He is wounded mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, he's actually captured, and we're going to get back to him later because Baylor, um, Darren's brother, will ascend to the throne, mm-hmm. and, and actually, then again with Aegon the Fourth. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. with him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but during his capture, right. uh, Baylor actually ends up rescuing him. Oh, it's gotcha. a, it's yeah, a yeah. big arc for for, for Baylor the Blessed. Um, but it says that he slayed two of the betrayers. Did that mean that he that the, those who betrayed them under the truce banner, or did that mean two of the king's guard? Because it says five, yeah. But there are seven, and I just kind of mm-hmm. wondered if two stayed back to kind of protect. You know, um, one yielded shamelessly mm-hmm. right but i wonder if there were two that betrayed them or something perhaps yeah it, it sounds like they were just absolutely betrayed by right. the dornish but i just kind of right. kind of wondered you know could be and maybe that's you know a, a lot of this stuff is kind of they even mentioned later i was reading a chapter in this book where um it talks about duncan the tall and kind of the tragedy at Summerhall, and it says that archmaster gildane had like spilt some of his ink on it yeah and so 
again, it all comes down to POV of this. And so this is stuff I'm sure that will be expanded upon in Fire and Blood. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny about that. You mentioned um, the, the tragedy at Summerhall, and I was watching an interview with uh, George R.R. R. Martin the other day. And uh, he was talking about this with Ilio and Linda, who helped him write, you know, yeah. A World of Ice and Fire. And they wanted some intel on what happens there. And he's like, I'm not ready to reveal that. It's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's something going on there. And he kind of joked about, you know, well, I'll just want to say the maester spilled some ink and, yeah, you know, whatever. Little, yeah. He actually was talking about doing it in the book, making it like actually writing it up and then just having them put like a big ink, ink splotch over yeah. there. And he's like, but then they were afraid that people would return the book and say, hey, uh, something's wrong with my book. Like they're, yeah. it's missing, a, um, a, like actually look like there was ink in it or something. So yeah. he was worried about that. They talked her out of that, but then they just mentioned that there was an ink spill. They should have just had a picture of it and then yeah, 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 yeah. done something like that. Yeah, yeah it's just funny. But, um, but yeah, anyways, so yeah, King Darren, uh, the first, I mean, that's it. That's his chapter. That's uh, it, man. It's, it's, there's not much to him. Uh, uh, I, I would say the biggest, the biggest thing to go forward uh, when you look at Darren is the fact that he took no wife and had no kids. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And that, that will be the theme of his, of his brother, uh, too. Although his brother has a lot more accomplishments. Baylor the Blessed has a lot more accomplishments, uh, and, and, and things. And this was like, uh, empty kind of like yeah he con he gets Dorn to bend the knee but like at what cost at what cost and then they don't stay you know um a part of the the realm and things like that they actually are gonna have to do more with Dorn later on make some marriage alliances and things like that to actually finally get them into the fold Mm -hmm. Uh, and they still get to keep their title of prince and princess you know Mm -hmm. which is crazy but uh yeah that's the way the Dorn are man they're they're hard to kind of uh you know um conquer yeah so uh and then i mean just uh some quotes about him here just from the wiki this is uh, from a chapter we already covered where john is talking to benjen and john's talking about you know being 14 wanting to go to the night's watch he said darren targaryen was only 14 when he conquered dorn benjen says a conquest that lasted a summer your boy king lost ten thousand men um taking the place and another fifty thousand trying to hold it Sh- someone should have told him that war isn't a game yep mm-hmm Yep, that's that's uh, you're right. That he he he's actually mentioned several times as someone that they're like. For some reason, you know, he's held in high esteem be- yeah. because he's uh, this commander who does this or whatever. But like, yeah, as you say, at what cost? You know, yeah. it wasn't like they had to. They actually kind of had a an understanding with Dorne at this time, and so Dorne was not in like open rebellion, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the the crown. So he just wanted complete conquest and domination, yeah. and uh, you know, that's yeah. he reigns. Yeah, he reigns for about four years. Dies when he's eighteen. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. okay, uh, I think it's time to dive into the reread here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a little recap. Uh, last week we were talking about uh, Bran and his um, his green dream, and wow, that took us down some rabbit holes. So Whew. appreciate yeah. all the ravens we got on that. We had a good follow up Friday. And we have more to come on Bran. I finished my Bran arc, and I think it's time for me to move on to a new, um, you know, point of view character. So I'll decide that this coming week. But uh, yeah, so he was in a he was um, he was still in his coma, right? I guess you know. Well, he, he, was, wa- he wakes up at the very end. At the very end, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's visited by the three eyed crow. You know, um, he's he's told to fly or die. Mm-hmm. You know, sees a lot of different things, and uh, it's it's a it's, a, it's actually. That vision, that dream, um, is referenced a lot a in a lot. lot of different theories, and so it's a really important, you know, chapter. The chapter today 
not as significant as that chapter. So no. that's why we spent so much time in follow up Friday on it. Um, you know, and we'll continue to reference it as we go forward, talking about the three eyed crow. Yeah. So. So all right. Um, so we. So as I already recapped last week's uh, brand. So I thought we uh, going forward, I'll probably include the summary of the previous POV. So if you are someone who's reading this, um, maybe you're just going, you want to do the reread like Cerezo mm-hmm. is doing with brand right now or just finish with brand where you just do specific characters. Um, so I'll just reference. So we'll just, we're going to add these in here to the summary. So um, Catlin three, um, Catlin's breakdown of a brand's fall ends when an attempt is made on brand's life. Catlin delays the assassin long enough for brand's direwolf to arrive and kill the assassins. Catlin is now convinced that brand did not fall, but was pushed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then she kind of decides it's time for me to go to King's landing. I go in secret. And that's kind of where we're at this week. So, uh, Catlin four, Catlin and Sir Roderick arrive in King's landing by ship. As, uh, at a secret meeting with Peter Baelish and Varys, Catelyn is told the assassin's knife belonged to Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, for me, the, one of the biggest, um, like, takeaways, if I guess we're taking away something from mm-hmm. this chapter, was actually, the, as they as they approach King's Landing, they talk about Visenya's Hill mm-hmm. and, and, um, and, and, and Rainey's, you know, I guess it's... Is it the yeah. Hill of, of Remembrance, right? right. right. Um, Rainey's Hill, right? Where uh, the Dragon Pit is now, mm-hmm. you know, there. And I just kind of thought it's a neat little description. It's a neat reference to everything we've been talking about. Aegon right. the Conqueror, Visenya, Rainey's, and those characters now should make a little more sense to us. You know, we, we know who they are. Because the first time, I'll be honest, the first time I read this, I didn't get that. Like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the fir- if you don't have that historical... Um, you know, context, you don't know why they name them these things and why they're pointing it out. I just think it's really interesting that Gurr did that years ago. Yeah. Just threw these names out there mm-hmm. and then makes it all work later on. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, so. I know. Uh, yeah, so basically, um, I guess to kind of split this, this is really, I would say, more of halves this chapter than thirds. Um, you really have um, just Catelyn and Sir Roderick Cassell, uh, kind of talking about their journey to King's Landing, and then they end up meeting up with Va- uh, with Baelish, and then kind of Varys walks in, and they talk about you know the dagger, and you really get um, you really get more of Catelyn's kind of history with Lord Baelish, yeah, and you can, and it, it's this chapter is more about kind of setting up Baelish and Varys as characters to right. kind of understand mm-hmm. who they will be going forward. Yeah, that's really kind of I would say the point of this chapter, and then the little reveal at the end. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah, because the, the the first part, are you ready to talk about the first part? Yeah, okay. the The first part of the chapter is not um, really significant at all. I mean, other than we had just seen in Bran's dream, we actually saw he had mm-hmm. a he he saw his mother on the sea, you know, um, on her way to King's Landing. Remember mm-hmm. that, you know. Yep. Um, and you get the whole piece where Sir, Sir Roderick's sick. You know, she's going to pay the oarsman. The oarsman, um, this is, uh, what are they on? The Storm Dancer, mm-hmm. I think. That's, um, a good tri- that's a good trivia question. Yeah, that is a good, <laughs> yeah. So they're on the Storm Dancer, um, which is, so I think the guy's name is, what is his name? He's a Tairashi captain, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tairashi captain. And he is... Not to, uh, not to stop you in your tracks here, Sir Ezra, but I do hear some thunder outside. Yeah. And the lights have been flickering. I believe we are battery powered. Yeah, we are. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. 
Um, so he is a Tairashi captain. Um, oh, I just lost his name, man. Sorry, I, I, I stopped you. It's okay. Storm gods are coming. They are, yeah. Captain, Captain Morio, right? Captain Morio. Yeah, yeah. Um, Morio Tum, Tumit, Tumitus? Yeah. It's, yeah. On the, it's on the first page, uh, second. second uh-huh. uh, but anyways, he, he's, he basically, uh, he's, he's a big boaster, bragger. Thinks that he can get him there uh, pretty quick. Um, Kat, Callan actually argues with him in, in, in like how they should um, get there. Basically, she says that instead of the like sail, right? Mm-hmm. She wanted oarsmen. She thinks oarsmen is the way to go. You know, if, um, if they have oarsmen, they can move a lot quicker down to King's Landing. They'll get there faster. She wants to get there before... Roberts, <laughs> before Roberts, um, well, you know, yeah, host gets down there. Guys, are it's it's just it's funny. So we're the gonna, we're gonna, we're, yeah, the power power's flickering on and off. We were just in the dark. I thought I saw the ghost of Heron Hall, but uh, we're just uh, we're just gonna keep on we're just gonna keep on trucking here, uh, you know, as as we go here. But uh, yeah, so you have the oarsman, and then a line I kind of have late, uh, just a little bit later here, Sir Ezra. So close, she thought, beneath the linen bandages, her fingers still throbbed where the dagger had bitten. The pain uh, was her scourge. Catelyn felt, uh, least she forget. She could not bend the last two fingers on her left hand, and the others would never uh, again be dexterous. Yet that was the small enough price to pay for Bran's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, she talks about those, you know, being cut and hurt uh, quite a bit, and actually plays into a whole you know lady stoneheart thing later Mm -hmm. you know being cut back to to lady stoneheart back to lady stoneheart uh cut to the bone yeah you know so that won't be the first time so uh yeah and then and then um and then we get a little bit of uh description of king's landing because this is actually the first chapter in king's landing so you know it kind of it just kind of describes the red keep goes on about that um and then we kind of Catelyn kind of talks about who who we're going to meet um and then you kind of see like the guards approach her and it's just just kind of just kind of sets up that okay we're in a different place now we're you know King's Landing is a different kind of a kind of a place we're not super safe here um Sir Roderick talks they talk about how Sir Roderick is wearing you know a tunic but underneath that tunic he's got chainmail and a dagger right mm-hmm. um and it just kind of starts to set up oh okay maybe King's Landing isn't the safest of places Right. Yeah. And that we're going to have to meet in secret and things like that. Yeah. Well, and, and as they get closer, she's wanting to pay those oarsmen. Uh, what was it? 20 pieces of mm-hmm. yeah, like a silver, silver stag, silver yeah. stag. Um, and so they need to get there quickly and they need to get there in secret. Um, because once she, once they get there, she reveals, you know, he's kind of inquiring, like, do you want to go straight up, I guess, to like the main you know, uh, dock, yeah. you know, in, in next to the keep. Yeah. And that's not what she wants. Right. You know? So, um, she's been very, very secretive about her mission. And so, mm-hmm. uh, she's able to get the captain to recommend like a, like a local, you know, bar or like a keep, like an mm-hmm. inn, you know, yeah. uh, for him to stay in. And, uh, so she goes in there with Sir, Sir Roderick and, and they, um, lay low for a little while. Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, just this this first kind of part really, I think when they're describing how tough the journey was, or Roderick's like sick, and Catelyn's you know hand is throbbing and and stuff like that. I think it's really to kind of signify just how important and actually kind of crucial this kind mm-hmm. of meeting is. The way the way that Catelyn Catelyn kind of views it um, right here. Um, Catelyn touched 
his arm. We're here, Sir Roderick, and safely. That is all that truly matters. Her hand uh, groped beneath her cloak, her fingers stiff and fumbling. The dagger was still at her side. She found she had uh, to touch it now and then to re- reassure herself. Now we must reach the king's master at arms and pray that he can be trusted. Uh, then we hear, uh, Sir... Uh, Aaron Santagar is a vain man, but an honest one. Sir Roderick's hand went uh, to his face to stroke his whiskers and discovered once again that they were gone because mm-hmm. they kind of changed their, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, changed their appearance, you know, tried to change their appearance a little bit. Right, yeah, he shaves his whiskers off so he won't be, you know, noticed. Uh, but I think he talks about how long it's been since he's been there at some point, you know, right. just, um, and, and or maybe that was back in the, in the Godswood that he's mentioning that. But they, um, he, he must know, you know, Sir, um, Sir Aaron, Sir Aaron um, Santagar. Santagar, yeah. yeah. Who, who is the, as the, what would you say, was the, the master at arms, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, isn't that Sir, Sir Roderick's uh, position? Yeah, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's the master at arms. Yeah. Winterfell, yeah. So I think that's sort of why, I mean, he knows him. Yeah. There's some uh, commonality between their position right. and stuff like that. So uh, they probably conversed or whatever, and he knows he's someone who they can go to and, and talk to. So that's his whole thing. He sets out to kind of, you know, go meet him in secret and then possibly bring you know, um, maybe him or someone else right. to, you know, Catelyn. Maybe he feels like he can trust him because, right. Right. Cause he's a master of arms as well as well. And he's like, we don't really maybe not care as much about the upper politics. We just, well, they also keep track of, you know, who has what, who's, whose armor is whose, who's, who's using yep. what sword and, and these, this dagger, which is a pretty, you know, Valyrian steel dagger is not something that if it's right. just laying around, especially the way it's described, right. It's all the, um, dragon bone and mm-hmm. the obsidian that's in it and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty recognizable, and I think they think that he could help them identify it and figure out who it belonged to. Right. You know. Yeah. So then we kind of move into kind of the um, Littlefinger thing. Catelyn here is remembering Littlefinger. Catelyn's mouth grew tight. Littlefinger, she murmured. His face swam up before her. A boy's face, though he was a boy no longer. His father had died several years before, so he was Lord Baelish now. Yet still they called him Littlefinger. His brother, Her brother, Edmure, had given him that name long ago at River Run. His family's modest holdings were on the smallest of the fingers, and Peter had been slight and short for his age. Um... Uh, he was my father's ward. We grew up together in River Run. I thought of him as a brother, but his feelings for me were more than brotherly. When it was announced that I was to, uh, to wed Brandon Stark, Baelish challenged him uh, for the right to my hand. It was madness. Brandon was 20, P- Peter scarcely 15. I had to beg Brand- uh, Brandon to spare Peter's life. He let him off with a scar. Mm-hmm. She hasn't seen him since. Yeah, and he's the one who makes contact, right, through the... Mm-hmm. Um, through the city watch um, right away, you know, mm-hmm. and the city watch doesn't, when they first come bang on her door and, and they, 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 you know, she's tired, she's sleeping, Sir Roderick's out, um, you know, they demand entry, she hides the dagger, they don't know who she is, supposedly, they don't know who she is, they just know her location, who mm-hmm. she is, uh, and things like that, and they want to, you know, um, just they, their whole, only goal is to take her to Lord Baelish, um, and I guess Lord Baelish, was he the one who even, was it Varys or was it, was it, uh, Peter Baelish who get the information, um, by the captain, the captain sold him out. Yeah. You know Var- I mean? Yeah. Varys, he, uh, Baelish, Baelish kind of confirms. And this happens pretty much the same way in the show. I think they just kind of save time that like the second she <laughs> arrives in King's Landing Yeah, and it's not by ship. I don't think they arrive in King's Landing. I should, I, at least. We don't know. They, we they, just, they skip past we, it. Yeah, yeah. They, we just see them walking in on horse, and she gets off, and she's immediately approached by a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. And then there is, uh, I'll, uh, we'll 
we'll uh, get to hit now. And then, uh, um, sorry, the chapter just kind of talks about uh, whatever. Uh, King's Landing kind of describing it. Uh, Catelyn was tired. The voyage had been long and fatiguing, and uh, she was no longer as young as she had been. Her windows opened on the alley and rooftops with a view of the Blackwater beyond. She watched Sir Roderick set off, uh, striding briskly through the busy streets until he was lost in the crowds, then uh, decided to take his advice the bet uh, the bedding was stuffed with straw instead of feathers but she had no trouble falling asleep she woke to a pounding on her door catelyn sat up sharply outside the windows of the roofs rooftops of king's landing were red in the sunlight of the setting sun she had slept longer than she intended um and then uh, there's two men at the door. The men who pushed into the room wore the black ringmail and golden cloaks of the city watch. The leader smiled, uh, smiled at the dagger in her hand and said, no need for that, milady. We're to escort you to the castle. By whose authority, she said, he showed her a ribbon. Catelyn felt her breath uh, catch in her throat. The seal was a mockingbird in gray wax. Peter, she said, so soon. Something must have happened to Sir Roderick. She looked at the... Uh, head guardsman do you know who i am no my lady he said my lord littlefinger said only to bring you to him and to see that you were not mistreated mm-hmm. yep i think uh you know he also it's either in this chapter or it's in the next one where he really does again she kind of hashed it out for us as you said about yeah his relationship with her or whatever but he talks about how much he you know uh loves her still oh absolutely straight yeah. up to her face you know kind of says it you know, and so yeah, uh, that's interesting. And, and once she, you know, gets there, right? So you're getting to the part where you know he, um, where, where they basically they they, they take her, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he wants to make sure that she's not mistreated. You know, um, he gave firm instructions. You know, he notices the bandages on her hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of is, is concerned. Yeah. Um, all they know is that she's entered the city. Yeah. You know, um, because the captain sold her out to Varys, I guess, mm-hmm. and then Varys you know, and, and Littlefinger talk, and he takes a special interest because that is, you know, someone who he loved back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then when she comes in, she's uh, quite upset about where she's kind of uh, like, or she's just upset in the way that she's summoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in the, in the show, there's actually like a stupid line where uh, Baelish says like, sorry about the locale. And it's just, yeah, it, it just seems so out of place. Like <laughs> just to use that word. And I've, I've always, every time, every time I rewatch that episode and I hear that line, I, I hate it. Um, but yeah. uh, he was alone in the room seated at a heavy wooden table an oil lamp beside him as he wrote, uh, when they ushered her aside, he set down his pen and looked at her. Cat, he said quietly. Why have I been brought here in this fashion? He rose and gestured um, to the guards. Leave us, the men departed. You were not uh, you were not mistreated, I trust, he said as they had gone. I had given firm instructions. He noticed the bandages, your hands. Um, and then she says, I am not accustomed to being summoned like a serving wench. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as, as the boy, uh, you still knew... In, uh, as a boy, you still knew the meaning of courtesy. And then he's kind of like, oh, I'm sorry if I've angered you. Um, kind of kind of freaks out. And she um, she goes on to say, how did you know I was in the city? Lord Varys knows all, Peter said with a sly smile. He'll be joining us shortly, but I wanted to see you alone first. It has been too long, Cat. How many years? Yeah, I actually don't think, you know, uh, she, she gets a little upset here. But honestly, how else would, you know, he have, right. he, he have done that? I mean, he actually respects... Her secrecy. She mm-hmm. clearly came into King's Landing um, in the Shroud of Secrecy. You know, uh, Sir Roderick's cut his whiskers, all this different stuff. They don't want to be noticed. And so to keep that kind of, you know, maybe he could have sent someone besides the City Watch. Right. You know, but, um, uh, you know, still, 
it's like the um i don't know that the i don't think they ever well we'll find out here soon but uh you know they say like Picel was one of the options that like, it was just it's Baelish and Picel there right you know and so Varys has two people to kind of tell and he tells Peter Baelish mm-hmm. you know so um Lord Renly is not there and 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 Barristan Selmy are both with uh the king on on their way down you know they rode north um with with uh, King Robert right and Stannis he says Stannis Baratheon is over a Dragonstone so I kind of think he was trying to keep the spirit of her secrecy you know and right she, and he the starks pro- just don't understand this they don't I understand know, they what's don't, going they, on and they, yeah they, they don't get it and also you have to think like it's not like he knew she was leaving when i mean maybe he did we don't you know lord Varys has eyes everywhere yeah um little spiders are everywhere but i would imagine that he that it probably took Varys some time i mean she's probably pretty close by the time they realize she's coming mm-hmm. um and so you know I, he didn't have maybe more time to actually set up a different or better arrangement. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but either way, I think they, they, they know something's up. Why, oh, why would they know something's up? Yeah. But because why wouldn't she go with, you know, Ned, you right. know, why wouldn't she come down? It's, um, it's bizarre that she's there and, you know, then he has her, you know, to kind of recite her words, the Tully words, mm-hmm. um, you know, which are family, duty, honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's for one of those reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> if not all of those words, you know, uh, kind of echoing the reason as to why she is in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do like the, there's a line right before that um, where he says, Lord, uh, she's asking about like, um, uh, he's asking, like he said, how do you how'd you know I was coming Lord Varys they kind of talk about Varys for a little bit and then there's just there's just a pretty funny line um he says I was ever a friend to your sister Eliza Varys knows that and then Catelyn says does Varys know about Lord Varys knows everything except why you're here he lifted an eyebrow why are you here uh, and then she says a wife is allowed to yearn for her husband until um if a mother needs her daughter's clothes who can tell her no and then that's when she, he has her recite the recite recite the lines and then um there's a knock on the door and a man steps through who is lord Varys, and this is the first time we see him uh he's described as a plump perfumed powder and hairless uh, and hairless as an egg uh he wore a vest of woven gold thread over a loose gown of purple silk um and on his feet were pointed slippers of soft velvet hmm you know i think i think you did something inadvertently sir matt and oh i uh, know i i read oh. it what, what what do you have? What do you think? What? Oh, just um, as hairless as an egg. Oh, that yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah that for sure. Yeah, that's there's that whole connection back with 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 Lord Barris. Let me back you up a second though. See, I think you did something inadvertently that I that it, literally this is why you do a reread <laughs> because yeah. sitting here in this moment, I never really caught this, but it's just a little thing. But as you said, um. Peter Baelish is explaining, you know, um, just why it was that Varys trusted him with the information that she was in the right. city. And, you know, I was the obvious choice. I was ever a friend to your sister, Lysa. Yeah. Varys knows that. Catelyn says, does Varys know, and she's cut off, does Varys know what? What is it that she's thinking Varys would know? Yeah. I think it's, it, does Varys know that Lysa sent her a letter? Yeah. Does Varys know that you and Lysa hooked up? Right. You know, I mean, I think there's a couple of different questions there well, that she's starting to ask. And maybe hers wasn't his. Maybe maybe he thinks she's going to ask about, you know, he apparently he was drunk when he hooked up with Lysa and he thinks it was it was Kat. Yeah. You know, that there that's that's the whole thing there. But um, 
does he does he think it was cat because that I had I had I had uh, I had I had read that or listened mm-hmm. to that chapter yeah. where he's it's at the it's where he's Sansa is turning into Elaine. Mm-hmm. I was like that kind of thing, and he and he makes it seem like he he says, "Well, I took your mother gave me her maidenhood." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that though, but that's not true, is it? I don't know. No, it's not true. So I think he believes that Lysa was cat like or, when he was or drunk. is he saying it to try and show oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he could just be lying yeah he, he could just be lying but the people have inferred that perhaps you know be, because the, the the whole thing with with hoster tully yeah you know and and who he's um begging someone's forgiveness mm-hmm. right and if peter baelish would have put you know a child in um um lisa right then and, and he maybe forced her to take to abort the child or something like that, he might be regretting right. all of the, you know, trauma that he inflicted on his daughter. Or it could be someone else that he's right. talking about too. Yeah. But that's well, where that whole theory, right? Hoster Tully's speaking in his in his, you know, that plus the Lysa thing plus as you just said, Peter Baelish when he finally goes to the Vale talking to Lysa, right. they have uh, seems like they have a history of being more intimate. This isn't the first yeah. time that they were. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> know we up. know we know that Cat. Um, I believe it's an Eliza chapter where it's later where um, they're talking about how, or maybe it's cat um, where they're talking about how they would like Liza and cat would kind of like kiss Baelish. Like they were like te- learning how to kiss with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. Does, does Varys know about, and she's cut off. She's never allowed to finish. Possibly. What, what was, what was it that she was going to say? Possibly. You know, was you it, know, was it the letter though? Cause Lysa writes a letter warning right. them about the Lannisters. Right. That's probably most important to her. Does he know about that? And I can't imagine she would trust Baelish with that intel as right. well. But maybe she does. Yeah, something that is not, and uh, just doing this reread, um, not as prevalent in, it's a showism, Sir Ezra, mm-hmm. is kind of the rivalry between Baelish and Varys is way mm-hmm. yeah. heavier in the show. I mean, it's you feel like it's kind of there in the book. I mean, they kind of, it's just in the first book you kind of get it, mm-hmm. and then that's really it. Yeah, but in the show, it's. It, I always thought it was. I always thought that it was going to be one of them killing the other one. Yeah, you, do, do you know what it more is uh, like? Like in the uh, in the books, it's um, Peter Baelish is, is master of coin. Yeah, and it's all for, for, just from what I remember and the way in which Gurr has kind of described things. It's like where does power lie on that small council? Does it lie in the secrecy and the knowledge that Varys holds, or in the money that Peter Baelish has with the influence on the right. City Watch? You know, is it in the regal position of, or the, you know, well, the maester kind of fits in that knowledge position mm-hmm. too, but it's a citadel. Right. The King's Guard kind of command the yeah. army, yeah, right. the whole thing. The swordsman yeah. type thing. It actually goes back to, we mentioned it last week and the week before, um, Tyrion's whole, you know, riddle that he, I, I don't I can't remember if that's a movieism or not, but I think it's in the book as well, where he's talking about, you know, where does the power lie? Yep. And he gives three different examples and, you know, yep. it's in, the, it's, it, it lies in where the people believe that yeah. it, which is know, kind should. of what uh, Regine had mentioned in her kind of yeah. breakdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, the idea of, of power. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Good point there, Sir Ezra. Um, but uh, wow. It's just real quick. Yeah. I do want to reference the, uh, and as hairless as an egg. Yeah. So just do your do yourself a favor and go kind of research the is Varys a Targaryen? Is he a Blackfire? Yep. Um, a lot of people think that he shaves his head to hide his purple hair, or it's not purple hair, his um, platinum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of hair, yeah, silver kind of, yeah, um, hair. Yeah. He may. Um, it also 
yeah, why does he shave his head? You know, is he, he's balding and that's just something you do? Yeah. Um, or, you know, is that more of his position? Yeah, because we, we know that another person, Aegon Targaryen, in the Duncan Egg series shaves his head to hide that he's a Targaryen because he's just wandering around as, a you know, a, 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 a simple squire. And so he doesn't, you know, want people to, mm-hmm. people to know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, anyway, so. So, yeah, do yourself with that. I'm sure we'll get follow-up Friday questions about that um, and things like that. So um, Varys even goes on to kind of know, mention her hand, uh, her hands. We hear about Grandmaster Pycelle makes kind of like an ointment. Um, should I should I fetch for a jar? Um, Catelyn says Maester Lewin has already kind of t- uh, tended to it. And um, then really we just uh, – really we just kind of get um, – into who who whose dagger is it? That's mm-hmm. that's really yeah. that's really that that's really kind of kind of um what it gets to. Um, then Varys kind of takes the dagger and he's kind of like you know just running it through his hands to kind of kind of check it. He cuts himself a little bit here. Um, careful, Catelyn told him it's sharp. Nothing holds an edge like Valyrian steel. Littlefinger said as Varys sucked uh, his bleeding thumb and looked at Catelyn with a sullen. Um, I can't think of that. Anyway, Littlefinger hefted the knife lightly in his hand, uh, testing the grip. He flipped it in the air, caught it again, and with the other hand, such sweet balance. You want to find the owner? Is that the reason for your visit? I, uh, you have no need of Sir Aaron for that, my lady. You should have come to me. Um, and then kind of just go b- talk a little bit more. Um, and Baelish says, it's mine. Yours, it made no sense. Peter had not been at Winterfell until the tourney on Prince Joffrey's name day, he said, crossing the room uh, to wrench the dagger from the wood. I backed Sir Jamie in the jousting along with half the court. Uh, Peter sheepish uh, grin made him look half a boy again. When Loras Tyrell unhorsed him, many of us became uh, a trifle poor. Sir Jamie lost a hundred gold dragons, and the queen lost an emerald pendant, and I lost my knife. Her grace got the emerald back, but the winner kept the rest. Who? Catelyn demanded, her mouth dry with fear. Her fingers ached uh, with remembered pain. The imp, said Littlefinger, as Lord Varys watched her face. Tyrion Lannister. Mm. Yeah, so there it is. I mean, that's, pre- that's basically the 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 chapter we've figured mm-hmm. out you know uh we're told that it's that it's Tyrion Lannister's you know dagger mm-hmm. um well that it's Peter's and then you know but was previously mm-hmm. um you know well that it was his and then he then he right. lost it to Tyrion so I don't know you know yeah and we uh, had, we had we had mentioned this on a follow-up Friday where we were I was at least I was talking about it and I was I was kind of confused about uh, but what we actually know that it was Robert's dagger and Joffrey takes it and gives it to a cat's paw to go mm-hmm. kill Bran. So now we have Baelish even lying about it, it being his dagger. Yeah. I, oh man. Yeah. That's, are we sure about that? So he says, so Peter's just lying then. The whole thing. Hmm. Or unless, unless it's possible. I mean, it could be possible that. Right. That somehow the dagger gets from Tyrion so that to, to Robert. To Robert. But, but later, yeah, I know later that you know, that's that's what uh, Joffrey says. Yeah, because because later later during um, uh, later during uh, one of the weddings, Tyrion is uh, kind of talking. Joffrey's talking about um, when Joffrey receives his Valyrian steel mm-hmm. sword, yep. um, widow's whale. 
um, Tyrion's kind of talking to him and he's like, oh, yeah, be careful. It's Valyrian steel. And Joffrey says, I know Valyrian steel. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, perhaps maybe you'd like a dagger, one with a, uh, you know, dragon, dragon, bone. Yeah. dragon bone thing. Right. Because Tyrion keeps talking about how he was like falsely accused of this. Right. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of Tyrion's thing is that he's falsely accused of that he's falsely accused of yeah um you know killing joffrey and uh well that i i see now you know it's easy for peter baelish to 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 blame that on Tyrion the imp everyone mm-hmm. would believe it you know it's just the thing it's a when you lie about him and you say you know um these things people just don't he he is guilty of being a dwarf you mm-hmm. know, that's what he says in the show. It's what he says, you know, throughout the series kind of talks about that whole whole piece there. It's easy to blame and put this on him, um, you know, and it goes back to the unreliable narrator, which is interesting to kind of watch. You have to pay attention to what's mm-hmm. said here. And as, as you said later on, Tyrion thinks back to a conversation he overheard, you know, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago between him and the hound down in the yard about possibly silencing or killing one of the wolves. But he kind of misremembers it, actually. And mm-hmm. then Jamie has a conversation with Cersei, you know, and we find out she had nothing to do with it, really. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, that she wouldn't be that stupid to make make the mistake of, you know, Using handing it. a dagger, you know, to, to someone like this. To, it does seem like a silly, stupid thing to do yeah, to Cersei, put that kind of weaponry. Cersei, Cersei actually even thought, Cersei thought that, um, she, she even thinks it was stupid for Jamie to push, to have pushed Bran. She's like, because they talk about that, and Cersei says, like, well, we would just lie. Yeah. And then it's it's his word against ours. Like, what are they, What you know what I mean, what are they, what are mm-hmm. they, what are they going to, what are they going to say? Like, she, like, she's, she's uh, frustrated with that Jamie even did, Jamie even well, did that. Yeah. And I, and I think she's frustrated because the boy lived, you know, yeah. if the boy dies, it all works out. It's good. But when things don't go well, she, in hindsight, you know, hindsight's right. 2020 and she thinks to herself, well, we could have figured this out a different way. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's, I think more wh- why she's pissed. Yeah. Anytime something I, goes wrong. I know you, right. you're right. I just was saying, well, still, I still, I think she could have, she could have, just been been like well you could still lie about it mm-hmm. and then it's his word against ours and he's he's known for climbing so he just fell like i mean like you know you, i mean you know yeah. it still may you know so i don't know still it's kind of a suspicious thing to say but yeah yeah yeah, yeah it just it's a theme with her though anytime right. that um you know that something people try to do things or whatever and she wasn't involved or whatever and it goes wrong it's just there was a better way and it was her way and we should have done it my way, you know, but yeah. whatever. You know, I don't know, Sir Ezra, if it is, um, do we know why he, Peter Baelish says it's, says Tyrion Lannister? Um, there might actually be, see, that's why I'm, I'm you've got me, you know, when you said that it's just all kind of lie and fabrication, there actually might be some truth to that, uh, to that tourney yeah. and, and losing, you know, a dagger and things. So, but we don't know. You know, we don't have that information. I don't think we have the information as to who it was then. You know, was it passed on from Tyrion or or not? Right. You know, you really have to kind of track it down. And as we've tried, um, and I, as I go through the reread, I'm keeping my eye open. For I all am. That kind I of am stuff too, too. But I just don't. I just don't think we've we've gotten any information really about it. Yeah, because we're told it's either Roberts. We're told it's Tyrion's. Um, the dagger just appears, right? Mm-hmm. And who is it? Who owns it? You know, who actually sent the dagger? Mm-hmm. Um, there are it, people that, and how did Robert get the dagger? We just know, we just know Robert has a bunch of treasures and right and weapons and yeah. and yeah. and things and things like that. And there are still theories that the dagger is 
Rhaegar's was was mm-hmm. Rhaegar's and Robert grabbed it at the well and it, and it also could be too that you know when Joffrey refers to a Valyrian steel dagger or just a dagger maybe he, maybe he is familiar with Valyrian steel but not in regards to the, to, to the dagger maybe those are right. two separate things we kind of lump what he says there with our theory on the on the dagger maybe he's just talking he has been exposed to a lot of those you said the king's treasures and different things and perhaps even though his house the Lannister house doesn't really have a as far as we know, of Lyrian steel, no, I believe it was that's lost. First, I believe that's yeah. They they had one, but that that now it's the, now they have two because Tywin yep. says that to uh, Jamie when he gives him an oathkeeper. Yeah, yeah. So that was lost by one of their ancestors who um, went to Valeria mm-hmm. and, and lost it. And then um, it's actually Tywin's youngest brother, um, the Laughing Lion, who mm-hmm. goes and tries to to hunt it down. Yeah. Um, and 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 Valeria try lo- no. What's the name of their original Valyrian steel sword, House Lannister. Is it, um, it's not Lion's Tooth, is it? No, Lion's Tooth is the one, um, is Joffrey's just castle forged sword that gets thrown into the river by Arya. Okay. Yeah, so I'll let you look that up, but um, I I think, uh, I just think we sometimes lump those two things together and and we can, we could separate them and uh, Mm -hmm. we're putting pieces together that maybe don't need to be put together. You know, maybe he did actually retrieve a, dr- a dagger yeah, from his uh, father. Bright, yeah, Bright Roar, Bright the Roar. ancestral sword of House Lannister, lost when King Tommen, the second Lannister mm-hmm. of the Rock, sailed to Valyria and never returned. Right, yeah. Yep, so Bright Roar. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Garion, um, uh, Garion Lannister went in search of the sword circa 291 AC, but never returned. Mm-hmm. So we could see him again, because that's not really that far away. That's only no, like it's a couple not. years. Yeah. He's, he's just Tywin's younger youngest brother mm-hmm. um there's actually a lot of evidence that he might have stopped over in pen tyrosh pen mm-hmm. pentos and and maybe hooked up with somebody there's a lot of theories that he has a daughter and there's a bastard daughter uh here or there uh from him from his line that that Tyrion and those guys run into later on in a brothel mm-hmm. i think um could be wrong about that but uh but yeah my, back to my point though i think you know if it, it could have just been maybe Joffrey attempted the assassination of, of Bran in some other way or actually was trying right. to actually kill a wolf because as he says in, in the yard they really want the wolf he says at least the boy is dying quietly it's the wolf that Joffrey right. wanted to kill you mm-hmm. know and he actually might have heard his father saying you know something like I wish that damn wolf would shut up you mm-hmm. know and he he actually might think it's kind of cool to go to go kill the wolf. He does say it would be more of a mercy, you know, to let the, that the, that the boy would have died type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he really wants the boy killed. He doesn't want Bran, right. you know, actually killed. And so, but, um, uh, as we know, Joffrey is, um, it's pretty messed up yeah. and, uh, <laughs> enjoys violence and killing and things like that. So, so that was mm-hmm. right up his alley, but, Okay, well, uh, that is our reread uh, for this week. Sir Ezra, do we have a raven? Yep, we have a raven this week. Uh, and, and remember, you can send your ravens to btkcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a couple lined up for this coming week. So uh, if you have any thoughts on this chapter, you know, things that we just went over, send them our way. Um, there's there's not a lot here. So if you again, send us ravens about anything. Follow-up Friday is really for anywhere you want to go in Westeros and Essos. Um, cool things, you know, connections you can make out of this chapter, I think would be the dagger conversation, mm-hmm. it, you know, cause we talk about things and, 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 again, there's with just the series alone, I think it's like triple the amount of words 
in like the Bible and like right. the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so what we have in just the series alone is like an, an extreme amount of information. So mm-hmm. if you guys um, can hunt some of that stuff down uh, on the dagger and send it our way, that'd be great. Um, if you have any thoughts on the, um, the, I think he was called the laughing lion, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, Tywin's brother, any thoughts on him? If you want to look up some stuff as to where he's referenced, send us a Raven on that. Um, you know, and just, you know, maybe Catelyn and, and Peter Baelish's, um, uh, relationship and, and, and where that goes, the whole piece with, with Lysa, you know, if there's any thought, if you have any thoughts on that, I think, I think those are the big takeaways. Don't you, sir, Matt? It's really, you know, kind of what this chapter is about setting up that relationship and, um, seeing the influences of Varys, the spider and Peter Baelish yeah. right out the gate. Yeah. Uh, laughing line is the ship that Gary and Lannister sailed on. There you go. During his quest to find bright. I was Lord. close. Yeah. You were super close. You see how uh, that's th- a great trivia question. You just ruined it. Yeah. I've, well, 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 or did, did I? I? Did yeah. <laughs> Pay attention friends. Um, <laughs> But no, that's that's one of those things where it's like, oh, so many names like run together. It's like names of ships, of horses. Well, like, there's there's the Night of the know. Laughing Tree. There's the Laughing Storm. Yep. There's la- <laughs> you know, I mean, it's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it, yeah, it's it's something. Well, then there's yeah. then the names of swords. So so Joffrey has Lion's Tooth. He has um, Widow's Wail. Uh-huh. Then he has Heart's Bane, which is the sword he has for one battle during the. He has to just it's just a regular sword he has or Heart Eater, excuse me. Oh Heart's yeah, Heartsbane is it is its is own actually, other thing. Isn't that uh, the, the, the Heart Eater is the sword he he makes uh, Sansa kiss before he goes into the battle of um, like Blackwater Way, King's Landing, where or Sanus is coming. Yeah, and it, that's the only, and then we never see it again. Yeah, isn't isn't Heartsbane? Isn't that uh, the the not Tyrell? Um, Heartsbane is the tol- Sam's, Sam. The, yeah, the, the, Tarly. The Tarly. The Tarly. Yeah. Uh, Valyrian yeah. steel sword. That's that's their ancient uh, ancestral Valyrian steel sword. Yeah, which a lot of so, people could. Th- could be Lightbringer because Heart's Bane, maybe you have to stab it. <laughs> yeah. It's all just so yeah. much. You know, um, <laughs> eventually, like as we get to our, in our Patreon series and things, we will have stuff where we go over. Um, all Shift X actually does a great job of, of naming does. naming all of the Valyrian Steel Swords. Uh, so it's a good video to kind of check out on YouTube if you want to check him out. Um, but uh, we ourselves would like to kind of talk about them because we, we often theorize, um, you know, where those swords could be and and how they what role they could play, you know, in in the series moving forward. So you know, just interesting things to kind of keep track of. So, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's like the crown. You know, Sir Matt's been tracking the crown in, in our our history of um, our, the the world of ice and fire. Is that significant? I don't know, but mm-hmm. the, it's it's crazy to me that, that they bracket and they actually sh- there is something to it, Sir Matt, there because. They talk about the crown that Aegon the Conqueror wore, and then Aenys creates this other crown. Right. You well, know? you have then you you know something as, as we were talking about the world of ice and fire today. I was just kind of thinking. So we ha- you know you, just how you have Viserys, and then he actually becomes Viserys the second because Baylor and Darren die. Uh-huh. Um, and I we we had mentioned we were going to do this, but it just got so overwhelming. Uh, but we'll now, get there. Now I want to go back and track it down. Is the line of Rainey's uh-huh. and the line of Visenya? Visenya. Yep. Yep. Well, I don't think actually Megor has Megor doesn't, but ha- have any kids. So Visenya's line is actually is non-existent. Is, yeah. Well. Um, yeah. And Unle- yeah. Well, kinda. Kinda. Unless we get more in fire and blood. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but the reasons for which 
why would they wear d- different crowns? Mm-hmm. Why is there not just one crown that's passed down? You know, and then you've got uh, Dark Sister in relationship to Blackfire mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you know, Gur makes these subtle nods to who is actually ruling the, the the kingdom. You know, although Aegon is the ruler, Visenya was the one was was doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's all that goodness. Uh, okay, let me read this Raven though real quick. Let's let's get this uh, going here. So this is from, um, you know. Uh, Caleb, our humble blacksmith, uh, sent, sent us a you know a, a raven. Been sending us a regular raven here for a while, so we appreciate it, Caleb. Uh, we read one last Friday, and we'll kind of continue to read those as they come in, man. Um, let's see. Brand's recent episode was fantastic. Thank you. Um, it's a good chapter. There's a lot in that. Uh, he says, "I have one quick you know show theory, and so I please always distinguish you know show book. You know, it's, yeah, it's that kinda, definitely helps. We us, do yeah. kind of navigate both a little bit. We're we're more book heavy, but definitely the show. We're speculating all the time mm-hmm. as to what's going to happen. So, quick show theory here. Uh, it is known what Eddard Stark actually says. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it known uh, what Eddard Stark actually says before being beheaded? Has that been confirmed? Uh, we know Bran can influence the past and has spoken to his father." Um, with a bit of success. What if Bran appeared to Ned just before the beheading to put him at ease? Tells his father that everything will work out uh, for the realm. Uh, I'm sure this is a working theory, um, but, you know, <laughs> uh, much, much smarter than, by much smarter men than, than I. No, uh, you know, uh, Caleb, I'm pretty sure, you know, e- even a humble blacksmith, uh-huh. uh, you know, Got some wits about him here because I hadn't actually thought about this. We had talked about um, whether or not Varys or we had said, oh gosh, maybe someone from the House of of White and Black um, had 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 possibly appeared mm-hmm. to Ned in in the Black Cells beforehand. There's um, a big, huge theory about Jack and Jahar being yep, in there. Yep, and, Jack yeah. and. Jack and could have appeared to him and talked to him and things like that. So, you know, the idea that Bran could have maybe somehow spoke to him too, possibly. Um, it seems like a lot of that talk comes through Weirwoods, Um, but you never know. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, um, is it possible? Yeah. And actually, you know, what's interesting is that you see Bran in a lot of respects, he's able to see beyond. This is where you get between the, the, the difference between and I'm back into it again. The difference between green dreams and green sight mm-hmm. and, and a green seer and access to that Weirwood network mm-hmm. because it kind of is, I believe, limiting in in in, in some regards. But uh, you know, Brand's able to see across into Essos and different things. So I don't know. Um, but he says, you know, yeah. So uh, I, I'm only. Um, Let's see. And I'm only new to the podcast, so pardon my ignorance if this has been discussed in the past. No, uh, you know, Caleb, you are fine. It's it's this is a good good thought. P.S. The Mad King was definitely screaming, burn them all because uh, of you know Bran showing him you know what, what was, was coming. coming. Yeah, that's a huge theory. I I'm a, I'm into that one actually. I'm into that one a lot. Um, but actually, uh, I had mentioned this briefly at one episode during our um, what do we call it? What are what's going on? Small council uh-huh. yep. um, is that uh, Sean Bean, the actor who play, uh, you know, played Eddard Stark was asked about it. Yeah. A lot of fans theorized, oh, he warged into the Ravens above him and all that stuff. And he said, you know, what were you mumbling? And he just said, well, I guess he was probably praying uh-huh. like he's yeah. just off the cuff. Like he, you know, I um, and that is a showism because in the book, Ari is so too far away. He could have said something. Ari is just too far away to see it. Um, yeah, for sure. That, that 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 could have been the case, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's a good thought. I mean, there's there's more. I I don't know this this idea that. Well, actually, what Caleb is mentioning is that just he'd be comforted, right? You know, is that there? There's a chance for son to him, yeah, yeah to, to say, speak to him. Here's what's going to happen. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Yeah, and that this maybe needs to happen. You mm-hmm. know, because imagine, you know, if he's not beheaded and he, and he does take the black, how different things would have been, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you wouldn't have had the Clash of Kings. You know that that wouldn't have happened. No, no not, not, you still might have because you, you might have just because of Joffrey down the line. You know, well, Stan, but, Stannis would have challenged it. Yet yeah, now Stannis is is working. See, part of the big um, well, part Re- of the issue here is is that it's actually Ned who comes forward. Yeah, and and does kind of set all of this off, right? Yeah, and stuff. So if he is spared, I, I get it. You know, Stannis could have been an issue and things it like could, that. It, it maybe still would have been Stannis and Renly. Right. But Rob wouldn't have gotten involved. That's and right. And Balon Greyjoy probably wouldn't have gotten. Because they, they strike when there's opportunity. Yeah, um, that's basically yeah. why they strike. You know, so um, it definitely would have been different. Then all but. the things at the wall would be totally different. Oh, yeah. Because. Could you imagine if. Well, Eddard Stark would clearly be the new Lord Commander. I mean, they wouldn't choose. Yeah. They wouldn't choose Jon Snow and. Yeah, but it would have been neat. He's up there with his son. You know, they're 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 facing his air quote his, his son. son. Yeah, <laughs> you know, facing down. I mean, protecting the realm, mm-hmm. guys. It just it's so it's so there's so much genius in the idea that you have the Knights Watch. You know, and and they guard the realms of men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a dance. With I mean, dragon. I'm in a dance with dragons right now, and I'm in all, I'm in all the John chapters where he's now Lord Commander and uh, yeah. just. It's so it's so good. And we watched the clip the other day of um, him beheading uh, Janice Slant, just talking about the differences between the book and the show mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 man, it's something. So, but uh, Caleb, thank you though. Appreciate the 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 Raven. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, in follow up Friday. We actually might rehash out some of your yeah your Raven as we get ones that are that, that are similar. Um, again, you can send those to btkcast um, at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, and so there we go. All right, on to man the wall, and and this week, uh, Sir Matt, I don't have, I didn't put in uh, a, a knighting ceremony this week. We will get to that uh, next week, so we're gonna put that on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's something that you know, basically for our patrons, you know, a quick shout out to all of them uh, for supporting the show. You know, we've got the likes of Sir Jared of House Gebhardt, uh, Lady Renna, uh, a Bannerman has no name, right? Uh, <laughs> Lady Julie of House uh, House House Kreth. Uh, we have got Lady Lauren, we've got uh, Lady Morgan, um, Beverly of the Woodswood, Lady Jennifer, Maester uh, Jamie of the White Owl, Sir David the Huntsman, mm-hmm. um, who makes me quiver, uh, <laughs> uh, Maester Evans, uh, Lady Kelsey of Lethbridge, Lady Cat of the Woodland Realm, Lord Adam Parker uh, of House Parker Ward. Of White Harbor, Warden of the White Knife. I got to get them all in there. Uh, Maester DeShane, um, and, and so on. We have others. But, you know, just a quick shout out to all those folks. And uh, we've got our, our nighting ceremonies that you guys can enjoy. You can, um, you know, uh, take your, your Night's Watch vows mm-hmm. and, and we'll play those on the show, you know. But uh, really, we just appreciate all of that. You get access to the Black Council. 
uh, a T-shirt, and you know, every six months we we kind of throw together like a little grab bag. We're actually already working on a, a couple different things for newsletters. Um, Sir Matt's working on that, and I've got a couple of different things uh, that I'm working on with um, with Traxler that will be kind of fun for you guys too. Yeah, so. And, uh, so far, so far the the T-shirts have been well received, so that makes me that makes me feel good. Yeah, it's they're people, good. The they're people, good quality the, T-shirts. The people who got them, um, I certainly you know love mine, so. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, they're actually great. I we see that's the thing is that we actually wear them ourselves, so oh God, yeah, we, we wanted really, the yeah. shirt, so yeah. so we uh, obviously put in you know an order for ourselves, and uh, and and we we would love to send you guys a shirt. So if you sign up for you know. Um, if you take the black and set it for the night's watch, then then we'll, we'll send you one. Um, yeah, and you don't have to. Uh, Lord Adam Parker asked me. Um, he said, "Do I have to take the night's vows as well?" No, you don't have to. No, you, you no. can you can you can t- you can do both if you want. You can become a knight and take the black if you're at that tier, and then you, yeah, or you can do one or the other, whatever you want to do. Yeah, because we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, some some tiers later on down the road where we have uh, you get more access to the show, more influence in the show, mm-hmm. and things like that. Because yeah. you know, I mean, uh, as as we you know continue to build. Uh, you know, the wall. our yeah, the, the the wall, yeah, or yeah. just our our reign here. You know, Sir Matt and I are learning a lot of different things about about Westeros and the different players that are out mm-hmm. there, other podcasts. Yeah, and uh, guys, just a, a quick kind of thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, in all in all honesty, as we, as I think we're starting to close up shop here, but uh, just a thank you, um, Sirs and I, the numbers. Uh, when, yeah. we, when we look at them, it's like mind boggling to us to how fast we're growing and how many, yeah, it pe- is. how many new listeners. Well, well, here's the thing, sir, Matt, I'll go ahead and say that because some people are, are probably still catching up because when you enter a podcast, sometimes you jump back at the beginning, right. you start episode one and you plow through and you, you, tr- you try to catch up. Um, Hopefully, by the time they get to this episode, if you're a new listener and you've heard us reference all of our other patron people and things like that, don't worry. The show is going to be going on for another five to six we years. We just mapped like, it out. Yeah, we, it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, it's just. It's what we do. You know, yeah. um, Sir and I have been doing this for for two and a half years now. You know, and he's been doing it for even longer. Been doing YouTube and different things right. like that. So there is no quit in us, and we're going to keep keep plowing. There's a lot to come in in mm-hmm. in uh, you know uh, Song of Ice and Fire. So lots to do, but. Really, one of the biggest things that we're looking forward to is the Facebook group, you yeah. know, uh, because that drives a lot more content into it. You guys can share stuff instantly and things like that. So, again, that's facebook.com forward slash bend the knee podcast. Um, go like the page and then we're going to turn that into a group where we can put some people in there and we can we can start sharing more stuff. So we might actually do that before we get to 200 likes uh, just because right. it just, you know, we kind of want to get it going. And it's it's fun. It's actually fun just to have people who can share. People share on the community tab right now, but that's not something everybody looks at. And so, you know, we see it because we get notified. But if you're in the group, you know, it'd be something we can kind of have some more engagement and stuff with. So, um, all right, though, uh, other quick things on Man the Wall. Uh, as I said, in July, we're going to have the Black Council, which is going to be the Dance of Dragons. Probably around mid-July, we'll have that coming out. And uh, maybe um, some Green uh, Dreams Episode 1. Um, I am working on uh, a couple of different theories that we'll, that we'll get going there shortly. So, Okay, Sir Matt, we got anything else here? I think it's time for us to say... Uh, Say farewell, your friend. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, we want that's. Uh, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. And our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Nineteen, John Three. Correct. Yeah. Um, also, uh, feel free to give us a, a um, you know a like um, or a subscribe on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. The subscriptions help as well. The uh, reviews on iTunes help as well too. There, so that would be huge. If you like our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us or even at btkcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in a week, and remember, fire and blood.
Wow, you threw me off with that one. I was like, water <laughs> and blood. Jon Snow. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got me. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.